Hey there, my name is Ricky Smith, and I'm the founder of Random Acts of Kindness Everywhere, a nonprofit that simply does exactly what it says, promote kindness everywhere. We know the world is crazy right now. If you are searching for a podcast that has a deeper conversation about race, my co-host Angel Gray and I will be discussing everything going on right now on our podcast, Random Acts of Podcast on Blue Wire Podcast Network. To find out more, go to rakenow.org. Enjoy the show. Everybody, this is Double G for the Fight Game Podcast. Second show in two evenings. Third show in four evenings, actually. And uh, we will we'll have another show in our normal time slot on Thursday. But tonight we're going to talk about NXT's TakeOver In Your House show, which uh, featured uh, the crowning of a new women's champion. So bringing on John LaRocca to chit-chat about this show. What's going on? Uh, not much. Uh, had a pretty stressful day today, <laughs> but uh, we're moving. Uh, oh yeah, we're still. We had to the fifteenth actually get all our stuff out of the other place, and plus kind of clean it up and make it all as we had as we got it right. So so, but no, we just, this is the first day of the the cat coming to the house. So. Oh. So I'm just warning everyone now. There's a meow run in a couple. She's been, <laughs> she hasn't slept since she's got since she got here. So she's been taking it all in. You know, there's a lot more room for her to sleep. So I'm waiting for her to go to sleep. So is is the cat wigging out just because of the new surroundings? Yeah, they they're just she's just checking everything out and everything and finding where things at. I think she's. Just kind of meowing, wants to go in our bedroom. My wife doesn't want that, so you might hear yelling from the wife. I don't know. You could hear a lot of craziness tonight, so it's a it's a bonus wild show for sure. Wow, wow. Uh, okay, so we're gonna talk about this show all the way through from start to finish. And as far as I know, there was no pre match or uh, pre show match, right? Um, I didn't know. I I just turned it on when it when it started, so yeah, did not I, see. I was kind of digging through um, uh, our, our buddy, uh, our buddy Justin Nipper, who who wrote the show up, the recap up, or the play by play for uh, the Wrestling Observer website, and it doesn't show. So I, he he would have had it if they did, because I, I I didn't even think about it uh, when I turned on the show. But yeah, no, so no, it doesn't look like there's any uh, pre-show match. So let's go from the beginning and. Um, first match uh, of the show and and by the way i think from you know i'm, I'm going to give them uh some credit here because one of the things that john and i've been talking about and everybody's been talking about this not just us but with with the lack of a crowd it is really hard to make wrestling seem important and so when i first saw the in your house uh, idea. I was like, oh, that's cute. And that was literally all I thought. Oh, that's cute. I didn't like the in your house pay-per-view, uh, the, 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 just the way that those shows looked when, uh, you know, when they did them in like 95, I thought it was goofy back then, but it was a nice little ode to it's, I mean, you know, I think there's a lot of people who really remember that stuff from a 
business standpoint, it was like really not not a great time for WWE until the the very end of the of the In Your House shows when they when they were not sort of in the same setup with with the with the with the background and such. But it was a nice ode because it's like one of those things where if you've been a fan for a long time, sometimes they reward you for that fandom. And for those of us who were around during that time, this show, as a one-off show, was fun. It was a fun ode. They tried to do goofy things with Todd Pettengill. There was an Ico Pro commercial with Adam Cole in the Bret Hart role, though um, I, Adam Cole's Ico Pro was not working as well as uh, Lex Luger and Scott Steiner and Tatanka's Ico Pro. And they had, you know, the the Lord Alfred Hayes spots with who was doing the Al Hayes voice? Was that Regal? Was it uh, was it Borash maybe? Or was yeah, it an English I, accent? I, I couldn't. I mean, I couldn't tell. I just guessed. I, I I didn't know for sure. So you know, as a fan, you were rewarded a little bit, and they didn't hit you over the head with it, which was great because that was one of my worries. Was that you know early in the show they did it a little bit more, and I was a little worried like, oh, they're going to hit us over the head. No, like there there was the one skit with uh, Triple H and Road Dog and Shawn Michaels not being able to use the computer which is a th- which is a callback to Well they were on AOL chat so they're yeah. <laughs> which which I which I popped big time for. <laughs> but it, it's a callback to an old uh, they used to do that, you know, with Shawn Michaels back in the day when he would when they would have to do those, you know, CompuServe and AOL chats, you know, and Shawn Michaels is pretending like he doesn't even know how to type and stuff. So that stuff was fun and I it, what it did though, I think I think the most important thing thing is for the uh, two hours and 20 minutes, it didn't remind you of Raw. It didn't remind you of the normal NXT show. It didn't remind you of SmackDown because it looked so different. And I think that's what was needed because when WWE runs the same, runs their shows from the same place, it just starts to jumble together and you can't, sometimes you're, you're like, what show am I watching again? So for me, that was a really big win for them was running it in this setting. Yeah. You know, I give WWE credit for just being creative and having a fun idea and they had fun with it. It wasn't too much Gaga. It was Gaga that I liked, but there was a Gaga moment I didn't like. And we'll talk about that later. Um, but I know I liked everything. I liked the little nostalgia feel of it. I, like you, I wasn't a big, I remember when I first saw the in your house set up, I was like, that's kind of goofy, you know? <laughs> and, but here, you know, it just is a nice little, like I said, an O2 and uh, a little fun. They had a fun with it. I mean, look, we're in a pandemic. So they, you know, they, they came up with this idea. Let's just do in your house. Cause basically just in your house anyways, you know, our, the fans are going to be NXT students and wrestlers. So, and, and I thought, actually I thought the crowd was, that was the best uh, crowd of wrestlers. I mean, they made a lot of noise throughout the night, and it was. And there was one moment in the in the show where Morrow even mentioned the crowd. Like the crowd's really behind Finn Balor. And that's the first time I think anyone on Raw, maybe SmackDown. I don't want to watch SmackDown or AEW has even mentioned the crowd like that. You know, that that was interesting. Maybe he was just flowing. You know, but uh, yeah, I, th- I think he was flowing because the crowd that he compared it to was the Canadian stampede. And I was like, <laughs> why would you even bring up that show in comparison to this show? Cause that's so different. Like, I don't know. Mar, Mar uh, likes yeah, to bring he, up a yeah, bunch he, of references. Yeah, I mean, he, he was, he, he, he was going a little bit too much with that. 
I will say that of the WWE shows that I've heard with the crowd, they were into this show. And part of it is because the show was good. Mm -hmm. I still think um, some of the NXT shows that I've seen where the the crowd is a a little bit more... um, when you when you uh, when you kind of pull the camera back and you don't see the wrestlers in the crowd, and then you just listen, I thought those some of those shows were a little bit more effective. But this is the most effective WWE crowd that I've heard in, in the way that they've been doing it like this. Well, I like what they're doing with the crowd. Like they don't focus on them that much. They show a quick clip, but it's not focused on. Um, like you have like you have like Santana Garrett, right? Who's in the audience, and you know. She, you know, when she's dolled up, man, she's, I mean, she's a gorgeous woman anyways, but when she's really dolled up, man, it really stands out, right? And here, you know, she doesn't have a lot of makeup on. She had her hair pulled back. Like, you can't really, you don't really notice her unless you're really looking for her. And I think it's cool, you know, you just hear the, they're there just to make noise, to make, and that's what everyone wanted before. That's what the big complaint was. So now they, you know, they, they decided to finally use the NXT roster. I mean, there's so many people that, I still don't like that are in the in the audience. Like I don't think I want to see a Santana gear in the audience, even though I'm looking. You know, I can just tell who these people are. Um, I'd rather you just use use the people we don't see on a normal basis. These that are on the next wave coming up. Like I saw Simone Johnson in the crowd. I noticed her. Um, so I mean, something like that. No one's going to notice her really, but I just happen to see her. And I think that's good, you know. Just just be the noise, be the be the, the noise in the background. Like that's why that's why the kind of, when I see Raw, and I see like Shotzi in the audience. I see um, with Stokey, you know, and you know, just recognizable name that's on the show now. That's what kind of bugs me. But if you use the no name people right now, the people that are just going to come up soon, then that's fine. All right. Speaking of Shotzi, she was in the opener with uh, Tegan Knox and Mia Yim against Dakota Kai, Raquel Gonzalez, and Candice LeRae. Uh, I, I think I, I was I was not blown away by this match in any way. But I, what I liked about this match is they let each wrestler look good for at least one moment. And then they took Candice and Mia away from the match. And then they went to the finish where the uh uh where, where Tegan Knox sort of gets her gets her revenge. And and you know, I I, I think this kind of you know, we, we talked about it on on the preview show that we did on Thursday, whereas I was like, I'm trying to find an investment into this match, like as a, as a six, uh, a six woman tag. Um, and there wasn't much for me. Like I, I've, I've liked some of the Dakota Kai stuff. I like Raquel Gonzalez with her. Um, Tegan Knox is an interesting character, but just sort of blending them in together. It was pretty clear once this match started that there was like two different feuds that you kind of cared about and then, um, you know, if you split them up, then, mm-hmm. you know, I wasn't really sure why, you know, I cared whether uh, Shotzi uh, was in the match or not. But uh, the, the, that basically, I said all of that to say that they didn't take a lot of time. The, the match was easy to, to understand sort of what the, what the reasons that they were upset about. And it didn't. It just it it didn't overstay its welcome. Um, and and so I was fine with it. But I know 
some people will probably be a little harsher on it. And some people probably liked it a lot more. Like I know some, you know, so, some people were like, oh, you know, it's like a, it's kind of like a shimmer WWE showcase. But, you know, to me, it just, it just didn't overstay its welcome. And I thought, you know, most everybody and they're pushing, you know, this breakup with Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. Raquel Gonzalez, actually, I was more impressed with her just from a physical presence than I have been before. There was something about her outfit or the way that she looked. I was like, okay, like, I kind of get it now. Like, she is a presence standing next to some of those other women. Yeah, no, I thought it was a nice opener. I thought it was uh, actually pretty good. Um, the pacing was good. The, the time of the match was was perfect. You know, didn't go too long. Um, I thought, like, they did a good job featuring all the women. Um, they, they, they did set this match up, you know, in the last few weeks. They've been doing some, there have been some run-ins and whatnot with, you know, Shotzi and Tegan and, you know, feuding with, the you know, Dakota and Raquel. And then they put, you know, they put Mia and, and Candice in there. And they they didn't really focus too much on them because they're going to do something later that in the, in the evening, right? So, so I thought it was much, good. So much so that I almost feel it would have been better with them not in the match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. But yeah, I mean, they just wanted to get more women on the show. But it, like I said, I was fine. It was a nice little opener. Um, you know, maybe like the I thought the, the only issue I had like that I think they had an issue with the, the dive out spot was a little. You know, didn't it come the dive out sequence? I guess you want to call mm-hmm. it because multiple dive outs. There's a moment when uh, Candace goes for her uh, Ase moonsault, and like Tegan's already on the step waiting for her. <laughs> you know, and she's kind of jumped the gun there. She's just sitting there while you know Candace is about to jump on the second rope to do her moonsault, and she kind of just looks like an idiot, kind of sitting there like you know she should have done something at that point. So, but uh, but other than that, I thought the match was fine and and. Um, you know, Tegan got her win, her much, your much, uh, her much needed win over Dakota, which they kind of never finished it off. I think the pandemic is one of those things that kind of hit hurt that program because they were building that nicely, and then all things kind of went chaotic, chaos, and then um, they kind of kind of wrapped it up here. So that was cool. So it was pretty clear that there's gonna be some breakup with Dakota Kai and Raquel in the future. It doesn't need to happen now, but there were like three different spots where they were not on the right page and you could tell Raquel was getting frustrated. And then uh, near the near the finish, uh, Dakota mi- mistakenly hits, uh, hits Raquel with the big boot. And then um, Shotzi and uh, Tegan both kicked Raquel to the outside so that they could give, uh, so that Tegan could give a Dakota the shiniest wizard uh, for the pin. So there's something, there's something going on. I hope they don't break him up anytime soon, you know, because I think it's a good combination between uh, Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. I, I really like them together. And Dakota's like really good. She's like under the radar, like really good, like, you know, I mean, she really made that match, I thought, personally. And I think uh, I would love to see her and Io you know, hook it up in the future. I think they'll have some good matches. So I'm trying to remember which WrestleMania trip this was, but I'm almost sure that I saw a Dakota Kai and Tony Storm match one of those WrestleMania weekends that I was out. And I remember thinking, because I... Um, I'm not sure who I heard it from, but but somebody was saying how good uh, Dakota Kai was. And I was like, okay, like I'm kind of excited because I know Tony Storm. I know she's good. And I was really disappointed in Dakota Kai from the standpoint of like presence. Like this is a big show. This is a big weekend. 
she was kind of going through the through the motions a little bit and and like i get that like this is a you know it's, it's not an easy uh show to to be involved in it you know if you're if you're nervous or whatever but to see her presence from then to now is really amazing like she oh, has yeah. really taken to the character she has taken to this heel persona and she stands out and and I and and it's really cool because I I don't know if you remember but like if we go back to when NXT first started I was like oh my gosh dude how much how many of these Dakota Kai matches do we have to watch because they're not that good but from then until now she's a different performer I liked her when I first saw her in NXT I think she was just there I don't know if she was even signed yet but she was there and I think she did like uh she put over Nia Jax on on television, one of the early early um, NXT shows, and I, th- I just liked her. I liked I liked her look. I thought she had like this really good babyface presence about her, and I was like, man, I hope they sign her, you know. And then they did, and then when she turned heel on Tegan, I was like, whoa! I did not see. You know, that was a great heel turn. I didn't see. I didn't expect it to happen, and I and I was like, oh, I wonder how she's gonna pull it off. And I, but I was told like, no, no, she's gonna be really good as a heel. Just wait till you see it. And mm-hmm. and uh, sure enough, man, she's been fantastic. She's a, I mean, she was I thought like the MVP of that ladder match they had. Like she just takes these amazing bumps. She just she's just a really good 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 worker. And like I said, I thought she was the star of this match. I thought you know she kept everything together. How does she translate to the next level? See, I would keep them. I think she would do well. I just think she needs to have. I, l- I would like to see her and Raquel come together, you know, as a unit. I just like them together. I don't. I, it just sucks that they're if they if they break them up. I just. Well, I mean, I don't. I don't know if they are. I'm just wondering. Do you? Can you see the Dakota, the Dakota Kai, the current Dakota Kai character, work well uh, on Raw and SmackDown? Yeah, I think it could work well if they if they book it correctly. You know, book it correctly. I think for sure. You know it. It's all it's all to the creative, you know, to to, to do it justice. But uh, yeah, I, I think she I think she could do a great job. I think I mean, it's, you know, they need fresh matches up there. They need, mm-hmm. you know, how many times can you see Bailey and Sasha and and uh, you know, whoever the hell, Sonya? Like you know, they they got to add some new some new flavor to the main roster soon. Uh, Damian Priest against Finn Balor. This was a really good showcase for Damian Priest. I thought uh, working with you know the perfect guy. They did he he they did some crazy stuff that I didn't mm-hmm. necessarily like. Um, for whatever reason, Finn Balor allows himself to get dropped back first on the apron a lot. Uh, Damian Damian Priest took this uh, nesty plunge uh, from the apron to the ring steps, which he had kind of prepped because he was going to give Finn Balor a razor's edge to them. And he took that um, maybe a little lower than I thought. I don't know if he jumped a little further or if that's where he wanted to take it, but he didn't hit the middle of his... Mm -mm. like He didn't hit the the shoulders where I thought he was going to hit it. He kind of hit the the back a little bit more. And, um, And so, yeah, those were crazy, but I think from the perspective of... Because I, you know, I was, I was when we were talking on on Thursday. I was like, I'm not sure he could go at the level that this this kind of show needs. And I don't, I, I'm not saying that he was the best worker on the show, but he held his own. I was really impressed. Uh, Finn, Finn, Finn won the match, so it's you know, Damien Priest didn't win the match, but uh, really impressed with him, and and I and I dug it. This was probably my second favorite match of the night. Yeah, no, this was great. Um... 
really good. And Damian Priest is really good. He, you know, this is definitely his moment to shine and he hit a home run. I think he should definitely should be in the main roster sooner than later. Um, I don't think there's much for him left to do in NXT, but um, we'll see what happens there. Um, this match, yeah, that bump, the the bump to the steps was 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 scary. Like I freaked out when I saw it. Like, like he ju- like he jumped too far or something. Yeah, I don't know why they even let him do it. Like this match didn't need this. This match did not need that bump. It did not need a razor's edge to the uh, to the to the to the apron. That was stupid too. Like. They don't need it. They don't. This, this match did not need it. It was good enough without it. It would have been great with you know. It would have been great without it. And it just like that bump really didn't really mean much. I mean, because he continued to wrestle and do a bunch of moves and kick out a bunch of moves. Right. I know his back was all messed up and stuff like that. But like you could injure your back a million different ways without using that that risk. Right. Like that. He's lucky. He's, he's lucky. He's okay. He is. But like, it's it's. You know, that's a scary bump. We've seen guys break their backs on, you know, something like that, you know, bending the wrong way. And he's very, very lucky. So um, maybe he does. Maybe he's going to live forever. <laughs> um, Triple H in the uh, in his conference call at the end said that he thought Damian Priest had a star making performance. It felt like the first time he really performed and was all there in the moment. He's arrived now he uh, now it's up for Priest and NXT to take advantage. No, so I guess he's going to be there for a little longer. Well, that's good. I mean, I like him in NXT, but I just think, yeah, you know, he can uh, definitely do a lot in the main roster. You know, he has a great voice. He's a good promo, good wrestler. I mean, you know, I think he can add some fresh matches on the, on the main roster for sure. So Johnny Gargano and Keith Lee, this, uh, my worry going into this, was that you take each guy's strength, which is Johnny's an amazing babyface wrestler. Keith Lee is an amazing uh, offensive wrestler. And I'm not as impressed uh, when he has to sell. When he gets to play big man and, and gets to do that stuff, I love him. When he has to sell, 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 I think he's getting better, but I don't, I don't really feel it uh, a, a whole lot. And so I was a little worried about this match. Um, I thought the match was good, but I thought it went a little long. Um, there was also some some goofy stuff with, uh, you know, Cole, uh, he he rakes him again with the keys, and 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 you know, it's just sort of like a a near fall. Um, but you know, both of these guys are so good that even though I wouldn't say I really enjoyed everything about the match, it still turned out well. Like there was the moment where. Um, Lee went for the Big Bang catastrophe, and then Gargano like uh, rolled him up at the same time. I was like, "Oh, that's that!" Like they 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 got me back with 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 that, you know. Um, there was the pounce through the plexiglass where Johnny just goes flying like crazy, and there was some okay, like you know, chicken shit heel stuff, and you know, Lee having to chase him. But I but when they got to the end. I, I really liked it outside of the raking the eyes with the keys thing. Um, and, you know, Gargano's getting super kick happy to try to get that pin. He's trying to get that that pin and then he can't do it. And Lee, you know, Lee gets the two power bombs and then that big bang catastrophe, that jackhammer mm-hmm. for the win. There was one thing that um, 
I asked, I, actually, some, someone asked me if I saw it, uh, or, or I saw it somewhere where someone said, do you know that Keith Lee has the Black Lives Matter on his tights? And I was like, oh, I didn't even recognize. And, it, and so they said, yeah, um, they'll show it for a second, and then it cuts to, to a shot. So I was like, okay, I'm, now I'm watching for this thing. And so, you know, that was in the very beginning of the match. And so I'm watching, 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 and it got to about the five-minute mark, and I was like, man, I can barely tell that he has this thing on his tights. And so I asked on Twitter, I was like, you know, I, I said something like, I hope WWE's not purposely not showing his tights because I think it's really cool. By the end of the match, um, it, it was shown a lot more. So uh, I just wanted to throw that out there because I thought it was awesome that he wore the tights uh, I wish Morrow would have said something, at least. I mean, if, if, if anybody would say something, it, it would have been Morrow. That would have been great. But, you know, I was, it did because I, I didn't see it. Then I started looking for it like, oh, my gosh, I can't see it. And then in the end, you know, I started seeing it more. So I, I, I don't know if it was purposefully or, or not or if it was just the, their normal crazy cutting. But it was recognizable. But I just, you know, I, I thought it was really great for, for Keith Lee to wear those tights. And, you know, not that the tights make him any bigger of a superstar. He's already fantastic. But it was meaningful on this show, I think. Yeah, that, that, was, that was really cool. And I don't think they probably didn't focus on it earlier because, you know, they're not going to shoot a guy's butt, you know, for for too long. But uh, no, that's cool. Yeah, that's that was awesome. Yeah, and it would have been nice for Morrow to make a mention of it. That would have been really good as well. Um, but I, I really love this match. This match was, I thought, was very, very good. I like the story they told. I like Gargano. He's, he's such a good worker. Um, such a great chicken shit heel here. Um, Keith Lee's fantastic in his role i mean they really feature his strengths and power they really get that over you feel like he's 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 damn near superhuman at times um eesh, guys man if i was if i was booking him for the main roster i would definitely wait till after wrestlemania next year and i would and i would on that first raw to wrestlemania maybe beat the champion for the belt like right on raw you know front of, <laughs> just like 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 diesel over backland you know something like super fast and i think that would be amazing um i i thought this was uh like i said really good um i wish they i wish even though lee did a great job of like you know, you know Bring attention to his eye being by being injured and even his hand. I don't really I wish, like. I didn't like the selling of the finger stuff. Like. I wish he. Well, I think it would have been better if he had a little better visual, like of some tape on the eye and some tape mm-hmm. on the hand. Mm-hmm. Just, just, just personally, because he came out with nothing on him, and I thought, well, damn, he got stabbed in the eye. He got, you know, his hand was injured. I thought for sure he was going to have some this handicap. He did have a handicap, but it wasn't like. I think it should have been a little more visual. But 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 he did a really good job. They did some cool stuff with spots, like you know, like he trying to power bomb Gargano out of the, you know out of armbar, but he couldn't because the hand and at times, but then he finally got it because he's so super strong. Like I thought that was really cool. They did a lot of really good storytelling, and that's why it's probably my shoot. I think it might be my favorite match of the night. I mean, all in all, I, I, it's just I, told a great I, story. I, I, I just thought it was to me it was it was a little long, but Keith Lee, um, I don't know. I mean, it, it, depending on what they do with Adam Cole, there there's a, a few people that they could move him with. We'll talk about that match next. Whether it's Finn Balor, 
uh, it could be Keith Lee, but whoever, whomever it is, I think we're at the point where Keith Lee's got to be in the picture for a future title shot pretty soon because he is, uh, I don't know if he's the most over guy on the roster because we don't have fans, but to, as far as projecting uh, as a baby face on, on the screen with charisma and with aggression and with power, like I, I don't know who, who is more deserving of uh, being in the mix than him. Yeah, well, I think Finn will probably be busy with Cameron Grimes, you know, going after this because he still has a, an issue with him. I don't know if it's going to be a long feud, but, uh, you know, he should definitely be wrestling him soon. Um, you know, there's Thatcher there. You know, he can he just beat Riddle, so he can maybe do Thatcher and Lee. But, yeah, I think Lee beating Cole is definitely a, a big match for the near future too as yeah, well. Whenever, so whenever they decide to definitely do it. love to see that. So yeah, no, that's just, that this match is really good. So Adam Cole, Velveteen dream, they tried to do something a little bit different to take the show out of the arena. Uh, they had a setup in a parking lot. I'm not exactly sure what this area was, but it was, uh, it, there was a ring in the center of what looked like a parking lot, and there was cars and trucks and headlights turned on surrounding the ring. Um, the, uh, the, the, the way that they shot it was, I don't know, it looked a little more like film than it did like, like video. Uh, there was a little bit of a grainier texture to it. It was really, really dark, which yeah. I get what they were trying for, but it made it really hard to see certain things. Um, and, you know, it was not your normal match. There was a lot of plunder. There was Adam Cole taking a bump through, uh, through a windshield. Um, there was the Undisputed Era coming in. There was Dexter Loomis coming in. Uh, some of those Undisputed Era guys are maybe kidnapped, right? <laughs> yeah, well, Dexter Loomis said. <laughs> well, he didn't say. He drew the picture of what he's going to be, uh, what he's going to do to the Undisputed Era. So he followed through what he, what he, uh, what he, what he said he's going to do without so, saying it. <laughs> so I, I was uh, very up and down with Dream on this match. Or like when when the match first started. And I'm like, okay, this is essentially a glorified street fight in in like a street fight area. We're not talking about a street fight in the arena. We're talking about a street fight like outside. And he's doing the overly dramatic selling when he gets punched. And I was like, okay, like I, I'm I'm already getting frustrated with this. But then as the match went on, he started talking trash. Like he started really talking trash to Adam Cole. He's like, you know, the dream's gonna do this. Boom. And then he then he'd hit him. And I was like, okay, I'm in, I'm back in. Like Dream got me back in. And uh, I thought once he dialed that aggression up and he stopped portraying the Velveteen Dream uh, character that he normally portrays, I was back in on the match. Now I don't I I didn't I don't think it was a, a really good match. I thought it was a nice change of pace. Um Adam Cole wins with uh, the the Panama Sunrise on, on top of chairs, but I you know I've been really critical of this guy, uh, you know from the beginning of this pandemic because I don't think he relates without a crowd, and so they took him out of that element, and I still had some issues with him, but once you know as we got towards the back end of the match, I didn't have those same issues with him. Um, 
And I, w- I was sort of, I was, I'm, a, I'm happy with, with how it finished. I didn't want him to win the title either, but I was just, you know, I, I felt so, b- I feel so bad being negative on him because it's not really his fault, but you just have to, you have to call it out because it's pretty glaring. But in this match, I thought he did it. I thought he did a good job way better than I, than I thought he was going to do. Yeah, this match was good. I just couldn't really get into it because it was visually hard to watch. Everything was just too damn dark for me. I mean, from the ring being dark, the the ropes being dark, uh, Velveteen's gear being dark, Adam Cole's gear being dark, the chairs they threw in the ring were dark. Mm -hmm. Referee uh, Drake Wirtz, his ring gear was all dark. Like, it was just so dark and, and... the, the the quick cutting of the during the fight scene and stuff. I mean, it was like I said, it, like 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 you. I I like some of the brawling, some stuff I would have done without. Like you know, if he had, if he if Velveteen Dream has a baseball bat and it's obviously, you know, not real. Like don't let him try to don't let him hit the window and in the mirrors and just and barely break. Right. I mean, he broke one mirror, but like the glass didn't shatter or anything like that. So I wouldn't have done that, but. um it, it was it was it was good, but not, not definitely not my favorite match on the show. And um, I thought I'm glad Adam Cole won. Um, I like I I was a little worried that he wouldn't win because I just think there's so much more for him to do as champion in the brand and and undisputed era. So I liked the Dexter Loomis stuff. I thought that was good. The, the Gaga that I talked about earlier that I did not like, and I think it's just, just so stupid, was the Uber driver. Anyone call on Uber? Like that's just that's that's the stuff I I hate, and it just didn't fit, and it just didn't. It took me out of the match, and uh, not for long, but it just did. It just didn't fit at all. And I, I I know someone got a giggle out of it, but definitely wasn't me. All right, let's uh, take a quick break. Talk about our friends at Bet Online. There's no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partner, Bet Online. NASCAR is back, and Bet Online has hundreds of other games, events, and sports to get in on. You can still bet on the simulated NFL, NBA, and also the UFC events 24 7. Like I mentioned last night, I'm back in the positive with my UFC bets. Uh, thanks to our column, uh, The Big Payback, with uh, Ryan Frederick and, and Paul Fontaine. I, I used some of uh, Ryan's advice and, and uh, did fairly well with the UFC show. Uh, you can participate in a $10,000 Madden Bracket Challenge, a March Madness-style NFL simulation tournament. You can enter for free. And right now on Bet Online's YouTube channel, you'll find an exclusive interview with ex-Chicago Bulls Ron Harper, Horace Grant, Bill Cartwright, and Craig Hodges to discuss the Michael Jordan documentary on what they're calling the final dance. Visit betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus and check out all the action. Bet online, your online wagering solution. And just another kind of shout out to them, uh, their Twitter handle, the BetOnline AG Twitter handle, is a pretty fun uh, follow when you're watching UFC matches because they have like all of the the latest odds up to like the beginning of the fights. So it's kind of crazy because Amanda Nunez was um, I, I don't remember the exact odds I had her. She's a heavy favorite, so you know you put that you know the, 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 someone put a million dollars on her. And won a hundred and sixty-six thousand. So the odds were not great because she was supposed to bulldoze this woman. But you know, as the fight got closer, 
the odds even got longer for uh, or uh, longer for uh, Felicia Spencer. So it was kind of fun to see that stuff as we were watching the show to see the latest, latest, latest odds from uh, from Bet Online. Okay, let's talk about the rest of these matches here. So the uh, last two matches, Karrion Cross against Tommaso Ciampa. There was some other kind of dumb I don't want to say dumb these guys are professionals I'm just someone who watches this stuff but the thing that like made me worry slightly was when uh, Cross just kind of threw Chiampa back first into the apron and his like neck snaps back I'm like man this dude you know it's not hasn't been that long since he had that neck surgery uh, and just you know I was just worried with the those suplexes that he does uh, you know, whenever it when you know, anytime those, those suplexes happen, you kind of, you worry a little bit, but especially with someone with, with a neck injury. But if you wanted to make a star, if you wanted to make a new guy, this is kind of the way that you do it. Like I thought it was a really impressive win for carrying cross. Uh, he hit an F five and then he got a uh, choke to win the match. Ciampa does not tap out. He passes out. And uh, yeah, just a very impressive, I don't know, it was, well, I don't know how many, five, six, seven minute match and uh, Ciampa uh, goes out, he, he goes to sleep and Cross, uh, he's made, he's a, he's a made guy and he looks like he's getting, going to get the Uber push here. Yeah, yeah, no, he was great. Um, this match was laid out perfectly. I thought, I mean, other than that bump, I thought was, was ridiculous um, I don't. I don't think Champa should be taking that risk, and I know that was his bump that he wanted to take. But like at the same time, it's like, dude, you know, be smart. You, you had an surgery. Why would you risk it? You know. And um, that's the only thing I didn't like about that match is that just that bump was just un- unnecessary. But everything else was great. Um, I'm not worried about. I wasn't worried about carrying suplexes. I think he's pretty safe with them. Um, you know, he definitely you know does them perfectly um i thought uh, the intensity i thought his guy man he's so he had a lot of great level changes and gear changes like he just like just that i love that moment where he just like just you know pumps his traps out and just screams and yells like that stuff's good stuff right there that's 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 some good character moments and and i thought he did a really good job and i and i even didn't mind like champa getting a lot of offense and and getting some like that great DDT, he did that, that mm-hmm. rope draping DDT. Mm-hmm. Like, like anyone else, I'd probably have an issue. Like, maybe he's taking too much, but this is Chompa, right? One of the top guys. So, so I thought it was perfect. And he kept getting up and and out of things, and 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 so I thought they did a great job. Yeah, they definitely made him tonight, and he hit a home run. And I'm sure, yeah, I could definitely see him. And you know, if they ever do something where Lee beats Cole, you know, gosh, you know, Lee and Cross would be a a, a really big time match for them later on. Okay, so main event, they put the women's championship in the main event of this show. Rhea Ripley versus Io Shirai versus Charlotte. The um, the finishes that we were talking about on Thursday, I said that I thought Rhea should come out of this with the belt and, and possibly pin Io and then still have to pin Charlotte as like the, the, mm-hmm. the last match. Like that was kind of the way that I thought. Um, I was very much so hoping that Charlotte was not going to pin either woman because uh, her role in NXT is also to highlight 
the the women's division and the talent in it. And while I sort of expected EO to win in this kind of like, uh, you know, people don't really see it coming kind of way. Part of the reason why I didn't want that to happen is because I don't want the belt just to bounce back to Charlotte or Rhea and this be a short thing. Now, we'll see what happens with the creative. But Io Shirai does come out of this show with the belt. She wins the match. Um, the... The, the the match was uh was really good i thought there there was you know there were there were some spots that that uh were not perfect but i thought it was it was there, it was aggressive when charlotte and Rhea were going at each other and then it was athletic when eo was on the offense um you know charlotte is the heel she's the bully heel and she's you know she's playing scaredy cat in the beginning and then sneaking up on people and and then uh, that's when she comes into the ring and she's throwing uh, Rhea into the barricade, and then she throws Io right into Rhea, as, and they're both in the barricade, so she's being really physical. She's got Io in this Boston crab that looks like the old uh, lion tamer, where mm-hmm. really high up on the neck. I thought that was awesome. Um, and, uh, and you know, by, by, the, by the end uh, of the match, it was, you know, Charlotte's trying to... She's trying to get the figure eight and win with her finisher uh, on on either woman, and it's broken up a few different times. As we get to the finish, uh, Charlotte's got a kendo stick. Um, she hits Rhea, and then she just drills Rhea with this great spear, and Rhea like times it perfectly and kind of jumps into it a little bit. It was amazing. Like that's my favorite moment of the whole match. Um, bridges into the figure eight. EO, we don't see EO, and we're kind of wondering where EO is. And then we see her. She gets on the top rope. She does a moonsault onto Rhea, pins her to win the title. Now, I have two issues with the way this match ended. A pretty darn good match until the end. One, EO kills Rhea right in the face with this moonsault. Like, I I mean, I, I'm, I'm assuming that Rhea is okay or we would have heard something already. Mm-hmm. But just right in the face with this moonsault. And secondly, the same finish from the NXT match where Charlotte's got the submission on Rhea, EO hits the move, and EO's on top of Rhea, and Charlotte still has the figure four on her, and she's trying to kick her legs off before the pin happens, but she can't get disconnected while the pin is happening. And so it kind of it was kind of clunky at the end. I know they had this, you know, really well thought out way that they wanted to end this match, but to me, it was it wasn't uh, as beautiful as as they wanted it to go off air. Yeah, I was just hoping EO was going to pin Charlotte. You know, that that was the only disappointment. It would have been but, better. It would have been way better. But they did put, build the big moments around EO. I mean, they let, and she had a big dive off the, the stage. That was she had pretty the, cool. Yeah, she had another another really good dive out um, earlier in the match. So she and she did a lot of great stuff. I mean, she's she's awesome. All these women are awesome. I like the intensity of both Rhea and Charlotte in the match when they went at it, and you know, and, and I like how Io would always disrupt their flow and and you know come up with something crazy and and yeah, and the things weren't perfect, but all in all, I thought they had a really good match. And um, yeah, I'm interested to see what they're going to do next with with Io and Charlotte and I don't know if it would be interesting to see if maybe Charlotte and Rhea who know might take their program to the main roster mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know um, 
we see where they go with that. But yeah, it's nice to see EO with the championship. This is like I said, I think. <laughs> I wish they would. I wish she would have pinned Charlotte, but I think um, you know the they still were was they still got her over by you know she you know building her doing all the big spots. So I think it it worked, but it wouldn't work just a little bit better. Yeah, if she would have pinned if she and 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 I was confused too because I was like, okay, she's the baby face. She's gonna do this moonsault on the mean heel. And pin the heel, and then she's going to be the ultimate baby. Yeah, thing. and they did they they did the opposite. So I don't know. It's kind of weird. Yeah. Um. So okay. So I don't know what's going to happen here. I imagine Charlotte's going to stick around for a little bit. Um. Rhea and and Io and Sh- and Charlotte may still be like the the triangle, uh, the love triangle on NXT for a little bit. Who knows? But. Let's say, hypothetically, that they move Charlotte and Rhea up to the main roster. Like you said, who is next in line for the the women's contender? Like who who is who is ready to be put into these championship matches, which I mean, this one's the main event of this show, right? So they have high expectations for the women's division. Um, I could see Candace definitely getting a shot soon feuding with eo you know cause, you know candace has been being positioned as the top heel on the women's roster in the nxt brand um who else they have they have uh you know mia can get a shot mia yim can get a shot dakota could be built back up to get a shot you know tegan got the win so they can do like a match you could, there's a lot of matches they can you know they do with the women's division nxt it's pretty deep so yeah, i think they're fine there shotzi will be built up i'm I mean, sure i'm sure she's getting a lot of opportunities but i mean i don't, I don't think she should get it now but i see some time down the line for sure shotzi's getting you know they're really high on her you know so i th- i mean i think it's i think they definitely have a deep bench but i don't know who out of those women i can see sliding right into that main event main eventing tv main eventing uh, a paper or a takeover i'm not sure i mean maybe maybe dakota is is close but i'm not sure who is ready to have the level of matches that uh, that we expect with with this championship yeah i don't i mean how many women's matches main evented takeovers well was this I mean, the first not, one not not many but the, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's usually in a, in a it's it's a high profile uh yeah uh, you know it's it's uh shana um, yeah, but she never main evented a takeover. No, she never main evented a takeover. But you know, she's second from the top uh, uh, on some of these shows, third from the top. So I mean, it is a it is a big important thing. and the fact that it is on this show, right? Like not everyone yeah. gets on takeover. So yeah, I just I, think, I just I worry because... a little bit that the the belt may come down slightly from the expectation of you know match quality without Rhea or Charlotte. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. They they have some good girls. Like I said, Dakota and Candice as heels will be great opponents for EO. But EO's kind of like that one. She's kind of the girl, too, that can kind of wrestle anyone. So I hope it kind of opens it up and not just, just babyface heel. You know, you could do, like I said, you could do uh, Tegan and and, uh, and EO or something like that. Or maybe, uh, you know, maybe Kyrie can come back and do a match with uh Yeah, that, I mean, that that's what I was thinking was you, you yeah. bring Kyrie back. And that yeah, would be interesting. Yeah, so no, I think they definitely have, but I don't, I don't know if EO will definitely ever main event a takeover again, unless it's a, a certain caliber like you mm-hmm. know Charlotte being there. I think this, this one it kind of fell in their laps because 
They knew Adam Cole's going to go over. The, 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 they, I think it was smart to put this match at last. You know, they ended with a big celebration, a big championship win, um, and put the uh, the backlot brawl in the middle of the show. I think that was that was perfect. All right, so I would say takeover is a very high bar. This show was was a solid B plus to me. And I have high expectations for TakeOver. We mentioned that Portland one, which is like the A-plus of A-pluses. But this was a B-plus to me. Now, some of it is because, obviously, the fans. The fans are such a huge part of TakeOver. And, you know, not having the fans uh, was was probably a tick downward just because of that. But I thought the show was, was really easy to watch. Um, the only time I really got bored, uh, like I said, was I thought the Keith Lee match was a little too long. Um, and you know, even the, 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 the Adam Cole match, there, there were some goofy things in it, but I didn't really get bored cause I was so invested in kind of how they were doing it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, I enjoyed the show. Now I don't think it's going to win show of the year on, on anybody's, uh, ballot, but it was, it was really, it was a good show and I think people should go out of their way to watch it. Yeah, I, I had about an aim on it. It's just because everything everything hit for me other than the the Cole and, and uh dream match. I think that was just just like I said, visually wasn't very pleasing to watch. Just I just hated the darkness. The, yeah. Too yeah, much yeah, darkness. Yeah. But other than that, I thought, man, like, like I mean I wasn't expecting much of that six woman tag. I thought they did really good. And everything else was good. Like I really liked the storytelling of Lee and Gregano. Um uh, you know, Balor and Priest had a great match. Uh Karrion Cross and Ciampa was perfectly booked. And then the women's match uh, at uh, the, the main event, I thought they they had a, a great match too. It would have been probably a, it would probably would have been an A plus show for me if if EO was actually moonsaulted uh Charlotte and got the pin mm-hmm. on her. But uh but yeah, no, I think uh, you know, after especially after that WrestleMania takeover where unfortunately the pandemic just caused you know, so new too at the time, like never, no one knew what to do. Whatever was kind of just figuring out on the fly. Um, kind of took that down, you know, splitting it up between weeks. But um, I, I thought, you know, I thought they they did the they did a lot better with this one for sure. So true, like I said, Triple H had a, a call after the show. Uh, he said that injury wise, everyone looked to be okay. Johnny Gargano was banged up a bit. Uh, I mean, that's kind of frustrating because I know that he is probably going to be banged up a lot just g- generally just how his body feels and and you know it's not like he took the craziest of all the crazy stuff either so it kind of sucks that he's the one that's banged up um he asked about uh his own personal title he was asked about his own personal title and said he was given the title more to reflect the building of NXT as a worldwide brand and that people made out made more of it than they should have uh, with the change, he's out of the weeds with the responsibility of many of the day-to-day tasks and events he had to handle. Um, he was asked about Charlotte and Dream status. He didn't give any answers, but said there's a lot of movement between brands, uh, giving Finn Balor as an example. And he talked about the nostalgia moments of the show. He joked that he tried to get Michael Hayes to cut his hair and revive the Doc (laughs) Hendricks character. That was fun. Uh, Johnny Gargano saw a photo of him as he came out to the ring. Um, And so he talked about, he also talked about the training environments for the PC. Um, They're starting to ramp things up again in the PC. 
film ses- film sessions and coaches uh, film sessions with coaches acting classes and stuff is what they were doing to stay busy uh, but, uh, but yeah, so it looks like they may start getting back with classes and stuff in, in the PC, uh, in the near future. So, um, I don't know what the next takeover is at this point. I would assume we're August survivor series. No, SummerSlam. I was, that's what I meant. So SummerSlam. Yeah. So, so August, so SummerSlam, maybe at that point. There is a few more fans in there. I know WWE uh, and they they don't want to do SummerSlam in this current environment. They're very hopeful that they can yeah. do some sort of house. So maybe if they can, then that means NXT will have that as well. So we'll see. I mean, shoot, NBA starts what July thirty first with no fans, right? Yeah, so. they're they're empty arenaing it. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I don't know, man. And the UFC is still doing the empty arena stuff. I mean, they have a few people like coaches and stuff that are that are ringside, but they mm-hmm. have not really put anybody in 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 the crowd to do this the stuff that the wrestling companies have done. Fight Island, man. It's coming. It's coming. <laughs> Every time I think of Fight Island, I just think of like Antonio Noki and Masa Saito. Huh. Like I know Dana Dana said he's like, I think you guys are gonna be disappointed because it's still gonna be an arena. Oh, damn. <laughs> not gonna fight outdoors. <laughs> Darn it, man. I wanted palm trees and whatever the hell they're gonna be at. You know, I wanted maybe a bogus stricture just kind of slithers on the cage or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Totally really funny. Um, okay, so um, I think I think we're done here. The the one thing I wanted to mention was the um, the upcoming We Want Flair. We're going to cover Sting and Flair, Sting's WCW or NWA title run actually um, from a uh, from 1990. That's going to be the next. Uh, that's going to be next. We Want Flair. So it will either start um, this upcoming week. Uh, or I will try and pack it in uh, to uh, the next couple of weeks. It's just there's just some research pieces that I have to find some time to 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 do. It's it's just more time consuming than anything else to to kind of write the script of what we're gonna do. So that should uh, be starting soon. So if it doesn't happen on Thursday, it'll definitely be the next week, and we'll just condense it to make sure that we get it all in June. And then in July, John and I are going to. Rewatch the WCW Saturday Nights from 1992. We're going to kick it off in the summer of 92. So we'll just go, we're just going to go over those shows and relive shows that, you know, I was watching when, uh, gosh, I would have been like a sophomore in high school or something. I'm watching yeah. these shows every weekend. So yeah, I was a f- freshman. So yeah, I mean, um, it's funny, like you, we're, we're getting ready to do these uh, WCW Saturday Nights 1992. Cause just out of blue, uh, Justin Nipper just hits me up. He's like, cause I guess he's been watching it and he's been like, how would you have booked Ron Simmons title reign? <laughs> and that got me going, man. It got my juices flowing. So that was a lot of fun. And I was like, it's kind of funny you say this cause we're going to be covering that pretty soon, you know? So yeah, 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 yeah. definitely a lot of, a lot of great memories. So looking forward to the next, we want flair and I'm definitely looking forward to rewatching those old Saturday nights from 1992. All right, so thanks for hanging with us, hopefully, from this weekend with the UFC show, with the NXT show. 
you got you got a good discussion from us. You know, Mike Gilbert from the Combat Republic was with me last night, and that was a lot of fun. We'll get Mike back on at some point uh, in the near future as well. So for John, I'm Double G. We will see you when we see you. Peace out.